You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's finally here. It's opening night in the NBA for the Sacramento Kings coming off Tuesday night's opening night around the NBA. But the Kings will open up against the now 1-0 Houston Rockets. Welcome into Locked on Kings. Remember, each and every day, Monday through Friday, we are here talking about the Kings and the NBA. And thank you much for uh, thank you so much for finding us here on Locked on Kings. Lots to get to today. Preview, more of a preview of the Houston Rockets. We'll hear from several different uh, people on that. Also, predictions, 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 predictions. Everybody likes that. Uh, we'll do some scoring predictions and season win total predictions. That's coming up today on the podcast as well. But I want to look back first at Tuesday's opening night in the NBA, and it certainly was memorable. We had what I believe could be the four finalists in the Eastern and Western Conference in the two games, you had the Cavs and the Celtics, and of course the Rockets and the Warriors, and it started with the first game and started with just gruesome injury, absolutely gruesome injury to Gordon Hayward. You just feel for him, you feel for the Celtics. I thought they played their hearts out after they got down big, rallied, showed a lot of heart, but ultimately they lose 102-99 to the Cavaliers in the season opener with two of the best teams in the West, story or in the East, excuse me, storylines there. Kyrie Irving coming back to Cleveland, getting booed. He played well. He missed the final shot of the game, which could have tied it. Ironically, it was a three over LeBron. He missed it. LeBron defended it pretty well. The young guys around Kyrie played well. Jalen Brown, 25. Tatum, the rookie, had 14 and 10. Kyrie ended with 22 and 10. But the news about Gordon Hayward, just devastating. I mean, just a uh, brutal injury. If you've seen it, if you haven't, I wouldn't encourage you to go watch it. Um, it's it's not pretty. It just picture those, uh, you know, the list of pretty gruesome injuries that you've seen in sports. It's one of those. The legs not pointing the way it should be, and uh, fracture of the ankle. And I don't know. We'll know more later, I guess, on it. But I hope there's no ligament and other serious serious damage. But it was bad. It was bad. The player reaction, the fan reaction, all of it was telling, and it was just set a mood on the start of the NBA season. Not that an injury at any time is good, but. He signs as a big free agent, a big piece to their puzzle, and it was uh, it was brutal. But the Cavs did win, 102-99. Kevin Love had a double-double. LeBron, who afterwards said he wasn't in shape, he was really good. 29 points, 16 rebounds, 9 assists, and a lot of big baskets late in the game. The other game, obviously Kings fans were watching it. They want to know what the, to expect from the Houston Rockets, and they brought out their new team, and... And it was ring ceremony night, an emotional night for the Warriors and their fans, and they're celebrating a championship season. They've been on an amazing run over the last couple of years, and they built a nice lead. They were looking good. And then Draymond Green, minor injury, but he left the game. Omri Caspi got hurt too, minor injury for him. But Draymond was playing so well, and I think he is so important to what that team does. And Houston rallied from 17 down. Durant did make the final shot, but it was a fraction of a second late as the Rockets barely led it all in the game, but they win by one. Draymond, as we mentioned, nine points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. A swaggy P was really good for the Warriors, just sitting out there, open shots, and he knocked him down with regularity, scored 23, but it was the story, it was the Houston Rockets, uh, CP3 and James Harden. CP3 wasn't on the floor at the end. I thought that was interesting with Chris Paul. He had 11 assists, Harden 27 points and 10 assists. Gordon was great, 24 points, and P.J. Tucker, also Luke Bamute, nice additions for the Rockets, giving him that toughness. Uh, Tucker had 20, and the Rockets, 41 threes. They attempted, they made 15, and that is just a dangerous combination. 
that they are going to provide. So kind of with that, that sets us up into the Kings and the Rockets. So the Rockets won. Now they get ready for the Sacramento Kings and the Kings home and season opener. News on the Kings front, uh, Zach Randolph looks like he's got a tooth situation that may keep him out of the game. And Bogdan Bogdanovich not expected to play with an injured ankle. You're going to hear more about that coming up in a moment. But we're going to segue into a Kings player, and that's Garrett Temple. We get a great opportunity to talk to him with Damian Barling and I on the lowdown, our uh, show on Sports 1140 KHDK is a weekly guest with us. And we start that conversation with Damian and I and Garrett and basically going through the preseason and how he's feeling. Uh, it feels good. It feels good, man. We, um, we're ready. Uh, you know, like you said, we got our last practice in the day and guys look good. Um, anxious to be on the court, man. We're tired of beating up on each other and, uh, and uh, try to bring it to Houston. Do you feel like you understand what your role is going to be to start the season and, and everybody else? Is everything kind of in place? Because preseason, we all watched, and it was lineups all over the place. But are, are guys pretty clear on what their roles are to start the year? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. If, I think we're, we're clear on what what we want to – what we do individually. Uh, guys know what other guys do well. In terms of roles, um, I think, you know, guys have a, a certain uh, idea – but, uh, you know, with, with um, you know, I think I don't, I don't know if Zach's going to be able to play tomorrow because he has a tooth thing. And with with Bogey still not being able to play, I think, because of his ankle. You know, we have some other guys that may be in, in the rotation when they come back healthy, become healthy. So it may change within the next week. But, uh, like I said, I think guys know what they're good at and what they're capable of. And nobody is really trying to play outside of that, outside of that. Uh, Garrett, is that difficult for you, not knowing exactly uh, what you're going to be doing in turn? I mean, or what your role is going to be tomorrow night? Nah, I mean, I, as a as a veteran, I know what I do well and what I'm what I'm uh, looked upon to do. Um, I think the biggest uh, thing unknown is, you know, in terms of minutes when people do come back, people, you know, I'm assuming minutes will change. We know Zach Randolph's going to play. You know, uh, Bogdanovich, Bogey might may be in the rotation as well. So. That's the difference. But in terms of when I'm on the court, what I what, what what's expected of me, I I know what's expected of me. And I think the biggest thing for our team is just, you know, do what you do when you're on the court, whether it's five minutes, whether it's twenty five, whether it's thirty five, you know. And uh I think that's the message coach is trying to get across and uh the veterans are trying to get across to the young guys. Garrett, the coach has used you in a lot of different ways. You've played some points, some two, some three, you've defended all those positions. Where do you feel like you fit best? Um, I think my versatility is what is, is the part of me that that is best. Uh, you know, I fit at each place wherever it's needed. You know, I'm a guy that can, I'm a, I'm a, you know, a puzzle piece that can be put in a bunch of different places. And I think that's uh, what my useful, my you know, my biggest use is. Um, you know, I, I really feel comfortable uh, playing off the ball, defending, you know, twos and threes, uh, you know, spotting up, shooting threes. But I also feel comfortable initiating offense if needed. And uh, defending point guard, so you know it's, it's a cliche to say, but wherever coach needs me, I think uh, you know I've, I've shown that I can that I can do do whatever he needs me to do. And you mentioned you guys are tired of uh, beating up on each other. Uh, when you go this long, when you're in those moments right before the season starts, do things get a little testy with each other during these last few practices? <laughs> yeah, actually, they have. They have uh, testy in terms of the guys just talking and the guys competing. And uh, when you get guys that are at our level. At our level, playing at a high level and competing against each other, obviously, it's going to be some talk. And uh, you know, like 
like we said, it, it's, it's construction. I mean, it's um, you know, it's, it's good for us. It's, it's good to continue to, to compete, to continue to push each other. And then when practice is over, you know, we leave that on the court, and um, you know, we bring it to, we bring that same energy against whoever we play tomorrow. And uh, in this case, it's Houston. Yeah, kind of speaking on that, they obviously open up the NBA season tonight against the Warriors. Do you wa- will you watch that game a- a- as a fan of the sport, or is this really another film study kind of game prep type game for you to watch? A little bit of both. Whenever I watch games, um, I watch them as, as a fan. But then if we're playing that team soon, um, then I definitely look and see what things they they do well and what things what plays they may be running uh, sets they're doing, just so uh, I can have my mind ready. I may be pay attention to the people that I'll, that I'll be guarding and see what see what uh, you know what position they like the ball, what things they like to do when they have the ball. So, but I'll definitely just be. You know, looking to see how, how that offense runs with Chris and James out there together, um, and then you know the Warriors are the Warriors. Uh, so I'll be looking, and then I'll obviously be watching the other game as well. Yeah, to see to see uh, Kyrie go against his old team. So it's going to be fun. When a team like the Rockets adds a player like Chris Paul, is it difficult for you as someone like you guys are playing them tomorrow? You're opening their season. Is it difficult to watch them and not think back to the way that they played last year? Because I assume there's going to be a pretty big difference between the way they play last year and the way they play this year. Uh, I, honestly, I, I would disagree. Okay. Um, if, if I'm the Rockets, I, I wouldn't play differently, especially offensively. I would not play any differently. Um, you just have a guy that instead of having James basically do all of the heavy lifting offensively, he, he can he doesn't have to do all of it. He can allow Chris to create and play make off the pick and roll instead of just him, but you know, if I'm if I Clint Capella, I hope we play. You know, I, I would, I would hope we play the exact same way because we have either another playmaker, another live thrower, and just you know more shooters on the perimeter now. Um, I don't really see them changing much. Um, Dan Tony is a great mind, basketball mind. He probably has a, a few subtle things he's changed, but uh, as potent as they were offensively, I don't really see them changing much uh, on what they do on that end. Of course, that finishes with his thoughts on the Houston Rockets. We're going to get more thoughts on Houston coming up with Coach Dave Yeager, but I do want to tell you about SeatGeek. As SeatGeek is the app that you need to use to put it on your phone. Just get it for your phone or your, whatever device you have, so that way when you want to go to games like Kings games or any team you want to see, it's simple for you to buy tickets to sporting events, to concerts. We know that can be a difficult task sometimes. Where do I go? Where, where's, how do I find this? Use SeatGeek. It's the smartest, easiest way to get those tickets to the events that you want, that you desire, and it is a real easy mobile experience. You can buy tickets. You can sell tickets as well in just a couple of easy steps. So SeatGeek, what they'll do is they take the work out for you. It's easy. They'll help you find the best seats at the best prices. And my favorite part about this, it's all fully guaranteed. So you know you might be concerned about some of those things. Well, there's nothing quite like seeing the team that you love, whether it's the Kings or whatever team, maybe a favorite a musician, you can go see those concerts too. In person with SeatGeek, we'll get you closer to the action with the value that you want. So think about SeatGeek the next time you're trying to get to an event. It saves you time, saves you money. They look for ser- uh, searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices, and they will find the amazing deals for you. So make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports to concerts, whether it's theater or comedy. Think about SeatGeek. And best of all, you guys right now, listeners, you'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA. That's promo code LONBA for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, now let's move on to more on Houston and more perspective on this with the head coach of the Sacramento Kings, Dave Yeager. 
And uh, Dave Yeager was on with Grant and Doug, also on Sports 1140, beginning some more season perspective. And he talks about prepping for a team like Houston. Well, I just play, you know, like today and, and a little bit yesterday in practice, you try to play, you know, more guards uh, at power forward. Mm. Uh, you got to get in that mindset that it's, uh, you know, Malachi Richardson or Vince Carter running the wing as a power forward, uh, which is what, you know, most of the NBA teams are doing and just really opening up the court with more shooting and more playmaking and more skill uh, because you don't have that advantage and, and you can't be guarding a guy who you think is, is not a three-point threat, and uh, to have three or four guys on the floor that are three-point threats, you gotta you gotta sprint, and you gotta you gotta talk and swivel your head and transition, and you gotta talk a lot about who you have because uh, they're gonna switch a lot, and you can't you know especially on a missed shot situation, you can't go back to try to find uh, the guy that you'd prefer to guard or who you're matched up with. You kind of have to go with the guy you have closest to you, uh, and that might not be the guy that we lined up and said, hey, you're guarding so and so tonight. Well, Coach also would uh, go a little bit more in detail about the the depth, the new look, the approach that the Rockets have. So he gives us a little bit more on Houston. Uh, it, it is a struggle. I mean, we watched a lot of tape on uh, on Houston this morning, and we came out with more questions as a coaching staff than we had answers. You know, because they they have played together with the exception of Chris, and now he adds a different element, of which you had enough questions trying to guard it last year. Uh, where Eric Gordon was, you, you could kind of just hope that, you know, James Harden wouldn't play 48 minutes. Or what are we going to do? What can we do on those 12 minutes or 14 minutes that he doesn't play? And then it would be that was when Eric Gordon went to work. And so then you could try to scheme some of those things, and you could play some games. Well, when James Harden goes out, Chris, Hart, Chris Paul will be on the floor. And so that adds a dynamic to their, to their team that is uh, really going to help them throughout the course of the season. And Oh, by the way, they still have Eric Gordon. So, uh, you know, it, it's a playmaking team that's built around a lot of shooting uh, and around the three-point line, and uh, it, it can be difficult to guard. And we're just hoping, you know, to come out and try to get a hit first. As you mentioned, you know, with them playing tonight, hopefully they'll go three overtimes and the bus will break down on the way to the <laughs> or something. Um, right. And, you know, we've got the, uh, the energy from the crowd and when you play teams like, and we talked about this when we played Golden State, and for all those young guys who hadn't played them, they they live on and thrive on teams letting go of the rope because they can make two or three tough shots on you, bang, 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 or you know miss a layup and they go down and hit a three, and they you put your head, you can't do that. And I was really proud of our guys at Golden State, and that's what I told them after the first quarter. You took a big shot from them, and we were down one or two. You can't, you got to just keep going, and I'm looking forward to that and seeing that tomorrow night in front of our home crowd. And one more thing from Coach Dave Yeager, uh, you know, looking at how they've played so far, going through camp, shares some of his concerns he has as he starts the season. Yeah, you know, I think there's some trends that you have to be aware of in the preseason. I don't put a lot on it, but I, you do have to be aware of some things. Uh, rebounding is an issue for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, fouling too much is an issue for us. Uh, we met with the officials. They come to every team and visit and go through the rules and the points of emphasis. And I said, in front of our young guys, I said, will you please explain to them that rookies aren't getting the raw end of the deal? You know, it's just we call all this, you know, everything is the same because, you know, they have a complex. Well, I'm not going to get called. No, you know why you're getting called for a foul? Because you're fouling too much. Right. And so you have to learn how you can ride a guy that's not a foul. But if you clutch and grab a guy and grab jerseys, 
that's a foul. That's just, there's no, I can't argue for you. And so uh, those are the kinds of things that you're learning because all of a sudden those two grabs put them in the penalty. The other team is shooting free throws. We got outshot at the foul line a lot because of, you know, a lot of grabbing and, and too much of that kind of stuff. And now they're shooting free throws in the penalty with eight minutes left to go in a quarter mm. and trying to get that. Just, and that's just an example of the emphasis of the pro game Yes, and, and learning how to, you gotta, you gotta just manage it. If you gotta take a foul on a guy driving hard and you don't want him to shoot the layup, that's different than the silly fouls that are out at 28 you know, feet. Mm. Final thing for you. Listen, we get the fact that the NBA is, is a, is a three point shooting league, but then there are the Houston Rockets. And I know you just talked about the Warriors, but I think the Rockets are too an extreme. Because of that, does it make it more difficult to prepare for the style that the Rockets play right out of the box? Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the couple of the clips today, I saw P.J. Tucker playing center and Trevor Reza playing power forward. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. We can call it ultra small if you want or whatever. And, and right. they're not going to do that a ton, but they have that capability. And I think you're going to see that around the league. I think, you know, one of the things I see from San Antonio is it looks like, when you line up against Golden State and they're going to play Draymond at five, maybe Rudy doesn't like playing four, but maybe Rudy Gay could be playing five. Right. Wow. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you can see this going this way in our league, that it is a skilled league where not only are four shooting threes, but fives are shooting threes or teams oh boy. are playing ultra, ultra small. And so uh, in a, things go full circle. All of a sudden you'll see a ton, a ton of switching and just trying to make a guy dribble out clock and take a tough shot. Uh, where no penetration happens and, and you don't get in rotations to open up, you know, catch and shoot threes. Maybe that comes back all the way around. Um, so, yeah, it, it's difficult. We were, you know, last year they put, what did they set an NBA record on us last year? Yep. Nobody was more excited than me two weeks later when they hit somebody else for 62 <laughs> threes attempted, okay? Yeah, yeah. Nobody was more excited I that we weren't it. on the record books anymore for that. Yes. Well, Coach, talking about that lineup, that was an impressive lineup, though, against the Houston Rock. excuse me, against the Golden State Warriors when they finished without Chris Paul on the floor, and it was Tucker, it was Bob Mute, Ryan Anderson, Gordon, and James Harden. That will be a very difficult lineup to defend for a lot of teams. All right, now it's that time, end of the podcast, Opening uh, night of the NBA for the Sacramento Kings. People always like scoring or predictions, I should say. But our predictions that we ask our uh, guys today, ask a few different people from the radio station to give us the leading score for the Sacramento Kings and a prediction on the win total for the Sacramento Kings. You're going to hear from Damian Barling, Matt George, Scott Marshall, people that either follow or work uh, covering the team, Grant Napier, and Doug Christie. So I ask him, leading score and win total for the Sacramento Kings. All right, Damian, so what do you have as the, or who do you have as the leading scorer for the Sacramento Kings this season? I'm going to go Buddy Heald. I think Buddy Heald's going to get the most shots, and that's 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 my pick. All right, and then how will that translate into wins? What's the win total for the Kings? I think I'm going to go a little higher than most and say 33. I think 33, 34, I don't think that's a stretch. I think that's where they're at right now. So that's better than last year. Yeah, I think they're better than last year. I, I know there's a big superstar piece that's missing but I also know that there's a big superstar headache-ish that's also gone and I think there's some continuity there uh, I, I I don't think 33 is crazy I know it's high but I don't think it's crazy all right Matt so who do you think will lead the Sacramento Kings in scoring this season Buddy Heald will lead the Kings in scoring how many points do you know have a rough rough guess on points 21 points per game whoa big, yep. big year for Buddy all right now how many wins would you anticipate for the Sacramento Kings? 28. 28 with any kind of chance of the playoffs or no? No chance of the playoffs, but one win against the, the Warriors again.
All right, Scott, so who do you think will end up being the Kings' leading scorer this season? You know, Jason, I think it's going to be Buddy Heald. Just because I think he'll put up more shots than any other player. I think based on what he did last season, getting acclimated, I think he's ready to have a pretty good season with the Kings. All right, so if Buddy's the leading scorer, what will that translate in the win total? Everybody wants to know wins. What do you think for a I win I don't know total? if it's going to translate to a lot of wins, Jason. I think everybody's probably going to be around this ballpark, but I'm giving the Kings 31 wins this year. Okay, 31's the number. That beats Vegas. Vegas has it, what, 28 and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I saw him going over. So, Grant, who do you think will be the leading scorer of the Kings this year? I am going to go out on a limb and say a first-year player, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Wow, all right, I like it. And then how many wins for the Sacramento Kings this season? I'm going to say 29 wins for the Kings this year. Tough Western Conference, young team, so I'm going to say 29. All right, so, Doug, uh, who will lead the Sacramento Kings in scoring this season? Uh, scoring this season, man, there are a lot of different ways you can answer that because there's going to be a lot of different looks that we see. But I'm going to go with George Hill at 16 points a game. Yeah, they're used to 20-point guys, but I don't see that happening this year, do you? No, and, and I would uh, – actually, I almost went with De'Aaron Fox, but the consistency, uh, unless George is hurt or something like that, I think he's going to get the most minutes. And for him, I think he can he can probably get about 16 points a game. All right, then last thing, win total. What, what do you see as the number of wins for the Sacramento Kings this year? You know, I'm predicting somewhere between 30 and 35. Let's go in the middle and call it 33. Um, I think that they get more. That's one than last year. Uh, and and I would say uh, if you want to get optimistic, you know, you could get right below 40, but I'm going to call it 33, um, right, 30 to 35. Well, I need to give you mine, right? Uh, my leading score for the team, I really feel like there's three candidates this season. Zach Randolph would be one. I think he's their best post scorer. George Hill is coming off a really good season. You know, there might be a fourth, but George Hill, Zach Randolph, I think Buddy Heald is just a, is that's what he does. He is a great scorer, and I think De'Aaron Fox has an outside chance. But if I had to pick one, I, I, I'm just going to be different than what other people had. I, I was really leaning towards George Hill, but I might pick Zach Randolph, and maybe that's maybe that's not the right call. But I'll just just to be different than some of the other guys. No one no one mentioned Zebo, so I'll throw him out there. But I don't think the total is going to be very high. I think it's going to be around 15 or 16. Uh, maybe 17, but in that range, Kings, I don't expect them to have 20-point score average. I think they'll guys that will get 20. Some guys may get 30 on a night, but I don't see people averaging that for the season for the Kings. And as far as win totals, I have gone all over the place on this. I, I'm generally an optimistic person, but I just, I just feel like it's going to be difficult for them to I get some wins. Coach addressed some of the concerns about rebounding, maybe fouling too much. I think scoring could be a tough one. And just the amount of young players they have. I think it's a big ask to have young players be a huge part of your team. Now, if you're surrounded with some veterans, not you know ver- veterans that are carrying your team, but I think this team wants the young guys to take over for the veterans, and I just don't think they're quite ready yet. So I'm going to go a little bit lower than some of the others have, and my number's 27 uh, wins for the Sacramento Kings. And I know that sounds low, but it, it, anything, anytime you get over 30, you feel better. But you know, 27, they had 31 last or 32, 31. They've been in the 28s range recently. I think it's going to be around 27 for the Sacramento Kings. But I think it's going to be a fun year. I think it's going to be an entertaining year. And I think the continuity and the chemistry they have could boost that number up. I'm just a little bit worried about overall talent from top to bottom on the roster. So we'll see how it goes. Tonight it starts for the Sacramento Kings, their first game. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition of Locked on Kings to recap it and all so much more. So we look forward to it. The NBA is here. It should be a great season. Thank you so much for listening to us on Locked on Kings. Thank you.
You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.